Hello, and welcome to Health and Fitness Redefined. I'm your host, Anthony Amen. Join me today as we take a dive into the world of health and fitness, where we learn how to overcome adversity, depict fact versus fiction, and see health and fitness in a whole new light. Today, we have an amazing guest, and I know I said it a lot, but this time, I think I'm blown away. If you weren't blown away by last week's episode or the one before that, I mean, those are two crazy stories, which are just mind-blowing. I think I'm going to top myself every week. But today, we have Tom Fabry. And for those that don't know Tom, you're going to learn all about this guy. Not only, not only is he, was he at least a competitive bodybuilder, and one, this guy has hiked six of the seven summits, has totally changed his life around from beginning to end, and even on top of that, is taking it to a whole new level, developing something that I think you guys are going to find awesome. I don't want to talk about it, though. I want him to talk about it. So I'm going to get him on in here right now, and let's welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hey, Anthony. Um, hey, thanks for the intro. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, yeah, this is great. This is great. I... Uh... Uh, I love doing this, you know, just uh, my story um, is is a good story because, you know, what you're talking about, overcoming adversity, you know, perseverance, living your best life, living a healthy life, li living a long life. Um, and it doesn't matter where you're starting, you can you can change your life. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether you're young, middle-aged, old, or you have some, everybody's got adversities, right? Everybody's got problems. Everybody's, you know, but you can, you can live your dream life. You can turn your life around. So, so this, that's why I love doing these things, you know, these podcasts. It's great. I, and to me, I, I think I really stressed this in the last couple of weeks of the episodes, but like hearing people's stories like yours, like the last couple we had on, it's just it's eye-opening and it shows you that when you're not alone, everyone's gone through some type of the same hardship or bad break. And <clears throat> these are the people that have come back on top showing it's possible. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from all this, which is why I love doing this. Everyone has some kind of adversity, but it's what you do with it that defines you. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, let's get after it. Yeah, and I, I want to jump right into you were telling me about young Tom growing up on the basically the wrong side of town involved. I don't want to talk about it. You talk about it. Give us that brief summary about your pre-life, like how you started. Go for it. Okay. Um, well, I grew up on the right side of town. And um you know, middle class. My father was a bricklayer. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you remember, there used to be a show on called, this was back in the day, called Leave it to Beaver. And I was this little happy-go-lucky kid. Um, but I didn't have really the, the nurturing and the mentorship that I needed to grow up. And so... Um, I like to say that I was educated out of my genius from from the schools that I went to. 
to the people that I was hanging out with. And so, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I started hanging out with the wrong people at a young age, you know, uh, drinking, drugs, uh, gang fighting. And that just led into um, my father asking me to, you know, leave, get out of the house. So from there, I went into the service. I went into the Navy and the trouble continued there. And then they asked me to leave too, you know, all the fighting that I was doing. And from the Navy, um, the trouble continued more. You know, I got a DWI. Uh, I went through three marriages. Um, you know, uh, the drinking, the drugs, um, in and out of jail. You know, I remember my father had to, he, he came and bailed me out uh, one time and he was driving me home and he asked, he's like, when is this all going to stop? You know, when is this all, you know, when are you going to stop doing this? And I just said, I, I don't know. I don't know. So it just continued on until I was about 28, just over 28 years old when I discovered uh, aviation. And when I discovered aviation, that really kind of changed everything because it was a huge goal, big goal to learn how to fly helicopters and kind of do that for a living. And everybody was like, you, you're going to do that. You know, I mean, I, I didn't graduate high school. Um, two weeks of college, I was attempting college, but I'm like, what am I doing here? And I left. And that's when I joined the Navy, you know? Um, so, but you know, through determination, perseverance, uh, a lot of hard work, working three jobs and whatnot. Um, you know, I became a helicopter pilot and took almost four years, but that didn't matter. I was on this path, but when I started on that path, I realized that I needed to totally uh, shift what I was doing. So, um, and that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. It was, uh, you know, a lot of years of struggle. Um, I'd say 10 plus years, but it was all self-induced, right? I don't blame anybody else. And now it's just, you know, I could, I, I could do a deep dive into a lot of the, you know, like the DUI, you know, driving down the highway the wrong way and being pulled over. Oh thankfully, thankfully by the state police, they pulled me over, you know, you know, stories like that. Um, you know, um, it's interesting because I went to an Irish Catholic, uh, Catholic school, parochial school. And the reason why I didn't graduate high school was because I failed a course called theology. And it was a marriage course. <laughs> and I failed. And there you go. You got three, three, three marriages, <laughs> you know. So it's just, but that was just, um, it's, you know, because now when I talk about it, people will come up to me because I do some speaking. I do, you know, some uh, public speaking. And, you know, when you talk about uh, transparency and being truthful and opening up and I tell these stories and people kind of laugh and chuckle, oh, three marriages. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's all good stuff because I learned. But people will come up to me afterwards and say, you know what, I'm going through a divorce or I'm going through this or my child's going through that. And they kind of open up. And for me, it just adds credibility to what I'm doing, 
So it's just, it was, um, like I said, I don't blame anybody but myself. You know, I own it. It's my story. It's not anybody else's. But like we were talking about earlier, when we were getting to know one another, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story. But most people are afraid to tell their story because they're afraid of being judged. And me, I could care less. <laughs> but I wasn't always that way. I wasn't always that way. You know, I just had to learn about being vulnerable and shame and all those modalities, you know, that will make you stronger. You know, you just got to, you know, say the heck with the naysayers, the heck with the critics, you know, cut your own path and do your own thing. And if you listen to your heart and not your head, follow your heart, you'll be on the right path and whatever it is, whatever it is you want to do in life. So, and you can overcome because if I can do it, you know, if I can do all these things that I'm doing and have done, you know, then, you know, uh, anybody can do it. Anybody. I think that's the biggest takeaway is there's no, nothing makes you special. You make yourself special. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, uh, you mentioned um, climbing the, the seven summits, you know, I've done, and the seven summits is the highest peak on each of the seven continents. So I've traveled around the world. And the most amazing thing about that is, uh, I mean, I've traveled around flying jets. I've, you know, flown all around the world flying uh, corporate jets and airliners and, and whatnot. But when I started doing the mountain climbing, uh, the biggest takeaway for me was uh, the people that I've climbed these mountains with and the people that I've met along the way. I mean, I've partied with the Russian army when I was in Russia, you know. That's awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, it was just, it was, <laughs> I have some amazing stories. Uh, when I was in Argentina uh, climbing Aconcagua, the highest peak in the Western Hemisphere, uh, I witnessed uh, three people uh, freeze to death. You know, um, oh my God, and, yeah, yeah, um, due to exposure, you know, a team from Great Britain got caught in a snowstorm, and we hunkered down, you know, and the storm lasted for three days, but uh, it was a team of nine people from Great Britain, and three of them they they got caught in a storm, they weren't able to put up their tents, they were near the summit. And they froze to death due to exposure. And we actually passed the bodies on the way up when we uh, were uh, pushing for the summit. So it's just like, you know, so things like that um, strengthen you. They they harden you, but I think in a good way, you know. So um, it's these life experiences. That's what I'm looking to do. I just want to experience life. I mean, that's got to be eye-opening in a certain sense. Does that scare you in the slightest? Like, hey, oh, I'm yeah. Gonna... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. You know, when we, after the snowstorm went through, you know, uh, when we were on Aconcagua, we had to go, we were at 18,000 feet. The snowstorm blew through in about three and a half days. So after we went through, we went from 18,000, then we went up to high camp, which was about, Nine, 19,300 feet. Then from there, we were going to go push to the summit. And so it was about seven in the evening. We had a team meeting and um, we always carry satellite phones with us so we could get weather updates, emergency, yeah. things like that. So, so we got a weather update dispatch from Seattle and 
um, we talked about what we were going to do. You know, we're going to get up at one in the morning, put on all our gear, and we're going to rope in, you know, headlamps, the whole thing, and uh, push for the summit. And uh, the gentleman, our team leader, he's like, oh, by the way, um, that team from Great Britain that we saw climbing off into the snowstorm, we found out that three of their members froze to death and we may be passing the bodies on the way up to the summit. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it just really freaked me out. I'm like, you know, what am I doing here? I don't, you know, so I really, I didn't sleep that night because I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go on, you know, but I got up at 1 a.m., you know, put on my gear and, you know, and I pressed on and went and uh, summited uh, Mount Aconcagua, you know, so, um, but that was a real eye opener for me because back then I was doing it to prove the physicality and the training and all that. But then when I found out that, hey, I could actually die here, uh, it became more. I learned more about myself. It's more more training from the neck up, as I call it. You know, it's emotional. It's spiritual. Um, it's a, the mental aspect of pushing yourself sort of uh, beyond what you think you're capable of doing. But from that, I, I learned a lot about death and wanting to live a longer life and just show people that you can overcome any obstacle. You know, if I'm out here doing this and it's it's a personal thing, you don't yeah. have to go climb Everest. Trust me, you don't have to do that. That's my deal. Right. But you can overcome anything. You can overcome the death of a loved one. You know, you can whatever if you're bankrupt. I've been there. I've been down that road. I've been homeless. I've lived in my car, you know, so you can you can overcome. And that's why I go out and do these things. One of the reasons why, because I feel that if I'm out here living my best life and that's my purpose in life is to teach everyone I meet to live their best life. And how do I do that? by me living my best life. And I actually do it. I'm not just some guy sitting behind a desk, writing a book and disseminating information on how you are like, I'm this life coach kind of deal, you know, uh, living your best life when I'm out there pushing my limits, you know, seeing what I can do. So I kind of always felt, and I, no one's ever talked about that before. So I'm kind of glad you brought that point up that imposter syndrome kind of talk where, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, that's how I feel. Like, I can't tell you how many times I go and do things. Not Nothing like you're doing, but it's, I have to, I'm a trainer. Like, I can't tell people to go do these things and I'm not doing it. That's exactly. wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to imposter syndrome. And that this really, I see people, and I, I get lots of, emails and whatnot on uh, coaching. And uh, I see these life coaches out there. And I'm like, they haven't even lived life. They haven't experienced life. And they're going to tell others how to live life, you know, based on, you know, I don't want you to live my life. You go out and live your life, you know, and I'm just out here showing you that, you know, I'm walking my talk. I'm failing along the way. I have struggles. I have hardships, you know, I mean, even during this pandemic, we have, we have hardships here too, you know, I mean, so 
you know, we lost our, I lost my mom uh, during the pandemic last year with my father-in-law. He actually committed suicide. You know, we were oh talking God. about it uh, yeah. earlier that he passed away. Um, and I blame that on the medical community for bad information and bad uh, drugs and just a lot of different things. But um, so everybody, everybody's got struggles. Everybody's got struggles and you can get over them, you know, if you want to. So, so it's a choice. It's a choice. Love that. I absolutely love that breaking down. I want to kind of want to bring it back a little bit and talk about, I mean, you won Mr. Universe. <laughs> well, it was, it was a, a natural, you know, I, um, which is even harder. <laughs> yeah. And, but you know, uh, I don't know if you know the, uh, the bodybuilder, Frank Zane. That sounds familiar actually. Yeah, he used to train with Arnold, you know, three-time Mr. Olympia, and he's out in San Diego. I mean, obviously, he's he's older now, and he's uh, doing his thing out there, but uh, one of the best posers, you know, he had, uh, uh, like, the perfect physique if you're going to be bodybuilding, you know, like, at 183 pounds, bilateral symmetry, everything was proportioned perfectly but i went out and trained with him uh three on three different occasions and he taught me a lot you know uh but i didn't want to go the um uh, steroid route you know i when i was in my early 20s 21 i tried steroids uh for about six months and i got a lot of pressure from friends and family you know and uh, i'm like okay <laughs> nothing's good nothing good is going to come out of this so so i quit uh, and I kind of gave up the the bodybuilding, but I was always still in the gym, kind of training, you know, doing doing my thing. Uh, but then after my third divorce, um, I got back into the gym and started competing again, uh, but naturally, and just using real food, no supplements. You know, I'm really not a supplement kind of guy. You know, and they're they're not approved by the FDA. Uh, but just using real natural food and training, listening to my body. And it took me six years, you know, getting up on stage, failing and, you know, just kind of working on a routine and all that. And um, and I was actually 52 when I when I won down in Miami. And but it was it was kind of a weird thing. You know, you're backstage and you see people passing out because they're dehydrated from not drinking water for three days. And I'm like, what's, there's something wrong here, you know, but it, 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 it was a good thing for me learning the whole process of training and feeding your body. And, you know, that whole, like we talked about earlier, um, looking fit is not necessarily being fit, you know, and I saw what people were doing to their bodies, training, the bodybuilding style, you know, uh, severe dieting and dehydration and diuretics. And, and they're still taking drugs, too. They're, they were still taking drugs. Um, but I was grateful that I won, but I learned a lot. And then right after that, I started getting into the alpine climbing, mountain climbing, big mountains, and going on these, uh, you know, month-long adventures and then I started learning how, <clears throat> excuse me, really learning how to take care of my body. 
And but it was sort of my philosophy on how to take care of your body and doing a lot of reading, a lot of experimenting with uh, different workouts and whatnot. And that's how I developed, you know, my workout based on functionality, based on motion, based on training a good core and, and movement and how the body actually moves. So it took me a long time, but here we are, you know, launching. Uh, I know I'm kind of deep diving into other things, but uh, one thing leads into another. But here we are launching a product. And, you know, there's struggles there, too. You know, it takes a momentous effort to launch a product, just like launching a business, right? Opening up a gym, right? So uh, I'm sure you have your own struggles with that. That's not oh, easy. Oh, that's a, that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? That's not easy. Not easy to do. So, yeah. So, um, it you know, the bodybuilding, it, it taught me a lot. I was grateful for it. A lot of ups and downs there, you know, and I was doing it while I was still an airline pilot. You know, I, I, and I still, to this day, I, I fly a jet and a helicopter for somebody. And uh, whenever I go somewhere, I bring my food with me. I always bring my that's food awesome. with me. Yeah, you know. I think so. if anything, bodybuilding, at least training for it, which is what I see, it taught discipline. Exactly. It taught this is how to structure your life. I think that's the biggest takeaway a lot of people learn from it is, hey, if I can compete in a competition and win, which I don't care who you are, it is a lot of hard work. I, it, You need to be on point 24-7, watch every single thing you eat, how you move. It's strenuous. <laughs> yeah. It is. <laughs> It is. And <clears throat> looking at it now, I mean, it was a good, good thing for me back then. But um, you don't need to do that to live a healthy lifestyle. You know, you need to make the right choices. And it's hard to make the right choices because what happens is you get a lot of peer pressure from society, friends and family, you know, and I still I still get it. Oh, you crazy bastard. You know, what are you doing? You know, and I'm like, hey. And doing my thing, you know, I don't need to, uh, you know, eat pizza every every day or, you know, eat out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people just uh, people are afraid to say no, you know, because they don't want to hurt the other person. So but in essence, they end up hurting themselves, you know. So that's why making choices and thinking of yourself, it's OK to be selfish, you know, self-love. It's OK to do that. You know, because I tell people and you probably know this, too. I mean, how can you build a business? How can you build a great family? How can you go out and do all these things if you can't get out of bed in the morning because you're sick and you're tired and, you know, you're not taking care? of? We don't get another body. I don't think I don't you know, I don't know if anybody's proven that yet. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. So, you know, and I see this especially in women. You know, because women have that nurturing, you know, they, they're taking care of their family. And I'm like, you need to shift that. Take care of yourself first. Right. Whatever you have to do, if it's movement, if it's good nutrition, if it's proper rest, you know, you need to do those things. Then you can take care of your children. You can take care of the husband. You can take care of whatever's going on. You know, I've ever heard of the airline, the airplane phenomenon with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I was a captain for, yes, you know, for, for years up. and years, you know, you know, uh, don't put the mask on your child first, put it on <laughs> you because you're going to pass out if you're 
trying to, you know, so, but. <laughs> That's um, the only reason I brought it up. It's right up your alley. Yeah, well, I thought so. <laughs> you know, I was going to say it, but I'm like, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> so, but it's a true statement, though. You know, people, you know, it's okay to give, but when your cup is empty, you have nothing to give. So, yeah. It's true. Yeah, so, absolutely. You went from bodybuilding and you went to summit coming six out of seven summits. I know you're doing Everest and you have to keep us posted on that. Cause I want to do an episode just on Everest with you. I think down the future, I think that's would be a lot of fun. Just day to day breakdown on climbing. We had a guy do that for, he did a cross country bike ride from Alaska to Florida without nice. training for it, which was insane. And I loved it. So I want to do one with you on Everest when you get back. <laughs> oh yeah yeah you know we were supposed to go last year in march but everything shut down and everything shut down uh, in 2022 as far as going to nepal you know but uh maybe in uh 20 uh next year we'll we'll be going we'll just see what's going on with the business and whatnot and so uh, but that's you know and then after that it's going to be skiing to the north pole and then i'll go back to antarctica to Wait, ski to ski? the Skiing to the Skiing. North Pole. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You don't get cold. I'm cold in New York. <laughs> it's 30 degrees outside. I'm shivering right now thinking about it. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that cold. You know, in Antarctica, um, I actually, you'll find this interesting. When we were down there, uh, before I left, um, I was asked to go to Zurich. and. Uh, give a talk and uh this uh, gentleman robin sharma he's uh, big into leadership and he's got several books out and um i i had sent him my book and he called me up and he wanted me to uh, go to zurich with him and he was giving giving a summit talk call it a summit talk you know to leaders and whatnot and business owners and steve wozniak was going to be there oh wow yeah, it was, uh, was going to be pretty cool. And I said, well, I can't go because I'm going to be in Antarctica. He's like, what? What are you talking about? You're going to be in Antarctica. I said, well, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, that'll be number six of the seven summits for me. And he's like, what? what's that? <laughs> you know. So we talked about it. And I said, and, you know, I have a thought that I'll be in Antarctica. Your summit meeting, it, it was a four-day conference in Zurich, Switzerland, um, it's going to be the same time when we're pushing for the summit down in Antarctica. So this is what I'm proposing. I usually bring a satellite phone with me. How about if I call into your summit and I talk to your, yeah, I talk to your, um, your, your people at the conference, you know, and we'll make a connection He's like, what are the chances you're going to pull that off? I said, 100%. You know, I had no idea, but, you know, we were going to do it. We are going to try. So what we did was when I landed in Antarctica, it was, it was amazing because we took, we chartered a Russian cargo jet to fly us from Punta Arenas, uh, the southern tip of South America, yeah. over to the blue ice field. It was a blue ice runway, ice runway in Antarctica. It was just incredible. And then we started our climb and whatnot. But uh, when I got there, we made some test calls 
to New York and then to uh, Zurich and they worked, you know? So when it came time to do the summit call, you know, it was a Sunday and a Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Antarctica time. It was 1 p.m. in the afternoon, Zurich time. It was about 8,500 miles away. And what you do is you connect to these LEO satellites, low earth orbit satellites. Yeah. And we made and we made the connection. And I'm in my little tent and it's free. I mean, it's frigid. It's minus 30 degrees Celsius. Celsius. <laughs> and but there's a storm brewing. A storm, a windstorm. And um and at the time when it started, the call started at 9 a.m., I had to call New York. I got a hold of my wife, and then she made the connection to Zurich. And we made the connection. And I, I got the stage manager, you know, and he's like, hey, Tom, we got you. It's a great connection. We're going to put you on hold. I'm like, no, no, don't don't put me on hold, you know, don't. Because <laughs> so, I'm in all my gear. I'm on my knees and I got my little satellite phone propped up in front of me and I got my earpiece in and they put me on hold. And I'm like, no, but the wind is starting to howl, it's, you know, blowing 30, 40 miles an hour. And you could hear the tent flapping and, you know, uh, they put me on hold for nine minutes. Oh, no. And, yeah. And finally, they introduced me and they had these huge pictures of me on stage in Zurich, you know, of other climbs that I had done. And, um, you know, Robin Sharma, he comes on, he's like, Hey, we got Tom Fabry here. He's climbing the highest peak in Antarctica. He's calling from the South pole. And so we got into this conversation. It was amazing because I'm in the middle of this maelstrom, this storm, which ended up, it ended up destroying the tent you know, that and 90 mile an hour winds. I was, oh I mean, my it was God. Just, it was incredible. But here I am talking about fear, overcoming adversity. It was perfect. And the call only lasted for 18 minutes, but it was just amazing. It was actually better than being up on stage and, you know, talking about these things that I do. I was in it and it was just this incredible thing. So uh, much better than, than what I could have ever imagined just incredible that's an incredible story <laughs> you should that's, have been there <laughs> I, I wish i was <laughs> not in antarctica but maybe in zurg listening on the other end <laughs> i don't do well yeah i mean you know i mean um but that's where nobody's coming to get you right yeah nobody's coming to get us uh we were prepared you know, physically, mentally, we had the gear and whatnot. I mean, uh, there was five of us down there and uh, the storm totally destroyed our tent. We were laying in, in the, t trying to hold the tent down from being blown away. If it, if it had blown away, we would have probably died of exposure, you know, 80 to 90 mile an hour winds. Those are hurricane force winds. And those, those temperatures, you would have been flash frozen, seriously, flash frozen. So, but we, we survived. And a couple of days later, we went on to summit the highest peak down in Antarctica. So it's a pretty amazing story, That's, but it, it just shows you that you, you can, you can do, you know, you have to be able to risk a lot and not that I'm a, you know, somebody told me I was doing a podcast with these guys down in Australia 
And so they're like, you seek out adversity. I'm like, no, I don't. It's just the things that I do seem kind of risky, you know? So, but that's, you know, I kind of thrive on that type of fear. You know, it's like, it's like being an athlete or whatever, you know, um, you use that, that feeling that you, that fear that builds up in you and you go out and play, right. It's a good, it's good adrenaline. So, um, but like I said, I just like to show people that you can go out and do anything and live your best life. And I think I'm living small, you know, I need to up it a little bit. So uh, I can't, (laughs) I can't wait to see what's next for you. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm sitting here thinking mm-hmm. about we're going up uh, next year. We're doing Machu Picchu, which to me is something oh, nice. I've never done before. I've never done a Good hike for you. Yeah. Like, days wise, something like Antarctica, but <laughs> I'm excited just but to that, do but that's, start. Yeah. But that's, that's your Antarctica, you know, get out there, push yourself. And it's really great being out in nature. I mean, I was in, when we landed in Antarctica, we got off this big Russian, they call it a Russian Aleutian 72, big Russian cargo jet. From there, we got on a smaller turboprop on skis. We loaded up all our gear and we were flying to the, it's called a Branscom Glacier, uh, where the mountain range is. And we landed on this glacier. But while we were flying there, it was like a 30 minute flight. Um, I was in tears because it, this had been this, huge dream of mine to go to Antarctica, the coldest place on the planet, and climb the highest peak. And I was with another gentleman, um, this guy, Dave Hahn, one of the premier climbers in the world. This guy's amazing. He's been to Everest 22 times. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) but I met him. I met Dave on uh, Mount McKinley, or Denali, if you want to call it, when uh, when I was coming down from the summit in Denali. You know, that's the highest peak in North America. And I met Dave and that Dave is just amazing, this amazing climber. And I'm like, I want to climb with you, you know? So we put a team together of uh, five people and we went to uh, Antarctica to climb the highest peak down there. And it's just these things, you know, when you put yourself out there, when you ask, I always tell people, you know, if you have a fear of doing something, just take that one step and ask. You know, whether it's picking up the phone, hey, how do I do that? How do I, you know, how do I get that job? How do, you know, what did you do or whatever? Just ask, just ask somebody. If you start, once you take that first step of asking, doors will start to open for you. Like you, you know, uh, how do I start a gym? How do I open a gym? You asked, right? You just start asking questions, you know, other people have done it, <laughs> right? I, I've, I actually went around and worked at every gym around Long Island and just asked how to do my position. I did every mission, yeah. did everything. How do I do this position? How do I do this? How do I go for this? How do I go for this? Then you eventually learn and then you just bite the bullet and you learn as you grow. Not never going to be perfect. That's what I always say. Yeah. That's why you have to, you have to shoot, shoot first and ask later kind of deal, you know, just take the shot, fail forward, fail faster, move on, learn from it. It's not, it's not failure, you know? And that's what I I learned when I was in uh, a little kid in school, because when you raise your hand to, answer a question and we were slapped back back in the day because we were wrong or you know what what are you doing go go stand in the corner you know that's not right and so you know that's when i said you know we we are educated out of our genius through traditional educational methods and i've been out there just kind of doing my thing 
You know, I'm a voracious reader now. I read everything, you know, if I want to learn about something. But I, I read a lot about successful people and, and whatnot. But, you know, health and wellness and people who have done amazing things with their life. So that's that's my learning. I have a, a wonderful library on just all these amazing people and going out there and pushing your limits, you know. But um, so, you know, you can you can do anything you want in life. You know, and you can even push beyond your limits. And I have a certain way of doing that, too. You know, not really. Um, there's a way to get beyond your limits is you kind of bump up against it and just keep pushing it away. Keep pushing it away instead of like going way beyond it initially and getting hurt. I don't believe in getting hurt <laughs> you know, because then you're laid up for three, six months. You know, so. well, it's the same thing as weightlifting. You constantly push your muscles to the very limit. You don't go too much because then you get hurt. But you yeah. just go a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more. Exactly. More. <laughs> exactly. It's real simple. You know, it's real simple. You know, you just have to learn to take the ego out of it. Yes. <laughs> right? That's, take a, the ego that's out a big of it. one. <laughs> I want to talk about, I know you mentioned a few times you're owning your own business. I want to talk about that because this is, talk about tie-in perfectly. It's exactly what we're here, all about health and fitness. And you created a fitness product, which... For those that are listening to the audio version of this, it's like a landmine. And I think it's it's very, very intriguing. And I want you to talk about it more. Talk about your product, Total Motion 360, uh, when it's coming to market. Uh, get us pumped for it, Tom. It's all you. Okay, okay. Um, well, we did speak about um, how, it, how it started. It started when uh, I went from traditional bodybuilding in the gym kind of fitness. And um, I thought I was in just phenomenal shape. I looked like I was, uh, but I really wasn't. And I found that out when I started climbing uh, high mountains, big mountain peaks. And it was really, it was difficult. It was difficult. And I, I'm like, I need to get in shape better. How can I get in shape better? And excuse me, um, I was in the gym one day. And I just grabbed a 45-pound bar, Olympic bar. And, you know, that typically weighs 44 to 45 pounds, 45 pound uh, weight. So I put a 45-pound plate on the floor and I just started pivoting. I jammed the bar in the plate and started pivoting the, the bar, just sort of side-to-side -side motion. And then doing some shoulders, some squats with it, some legs. And um, I started using that. And I found out, I'm like, oh, there's a product here. There's something here. You know, I had that sort of, if you want to call it a light bulb moment. Um, and typically people don't take action on those moments. But I knew uh, from way back in the day that I wanted to build a global company, but I didn't know how, and here was my how. And I love health and wellness, I love fitness, uh, I just think people are doing it wrong. Um, so based on the training that I needed to do to climb these big peaks, um, I just started experimenting with the 45 pound bar and, and the plate. And I never even knew it was a landmine workout. I thought I actually invented this kind of workout. But come to find out, the Russians 
they did that because they were taking a, a 45 pound bar and jamming it in a shoe and just started doing pivoting movements and throwing plates on there and doing all kinds of exercises with the bar. Um, but I knew there was a product here, but the, the product was still kind of, I thought, archaic. And um, it really wasn't functional. And I wanted to get away from traditional training. I needed to train full body, but I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't need to be bulky. And I, I needed uh, real fitness, functional fitness. And functional fitness, as you know, comes from um, physical therapy. You know, if you get an injury, you go to a, a, a PT place and they they train you functionally. Right. So but I knew that functional training would help me get to the mountain. That's all I was trying to do is get to the, the summit of these highest peaks. But I needed to be functionally fit. I needed to perform at altitude. I needed to carry heavy packs, 80 pound packs and pull 100 pound sleds. Um I needed endurance to do a 12, 14 hour, you know, climb. Um, I didn't need big, bulky muscles, but I needed a strong core, which a strong core, once you have a strong core, as you know, uh, helps you in every aspect of what you're doing physically. So I just started playing around with this bar and then the light bulb moment came, came on and I started putting pen to paper coming up with drawings. Then I took the drawings to a company called Generations Beyond. We had these renderings made up and I had this idea of different color bars. And we have different color bars. We have black, white, red, purple, orange, sassy pink. I came up with pink for, green. for the ladies. <laughs> green. <Be> green. <laughs> green. A lot of green for us. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and they're powder coated. I changed the 45-pound bar to a 17-pound bar because I found out that the women, my wife, you know, she's 130 pounds. She can't be, like, tossing around this 45-pound this, uh, bar. She's like, it's too heavy to do all these moves. So, uh, and then the base, I took, I took the bar and I took one, you know, you have a sleeve on either end. I took one sleeve off. And we actually put an eight-pound ball on the end of the sleeve there, and it's welded on. The other end, uh, you know how the sleeve can spin? Yeah. You ever see people doing rollouts, trying to do a core workout? Well, we made it better. So now it actually it splits, but one end spins. So when you're doing a rollout, the weight will spin. The bar will stay kind of stationary i'd have to show you and so that's you know we put this uh uh nylon bushing in there to where it spins and we made it all different colors because i was like oh orange for orange theory purple for planet fitness um green for redefine right you know um sassy pink for the ladies and they're powder coated which you've seen powder coating on brakes of like Porsches and yeah. whatnot, you know, and it's super strong. Then we cut the bar in two. So it's a great travel bar. And then we found out, I don't know if you've heard of a mace, mace workouts. So look up a mace, M-A-C-E, and you'll see 
Um, we actually, because when I started demoing to gyms and, and uh, other individuals, um, they're like, oh, you have another product here. It's, it's a mace. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? A mace. <laughs> and so there's all these amazing workouts with the mace, with the bar. If I've incorporated yoga, Tai Chi, balance, uh, hit training, um, all these different modalities all in one functional bar. It's just incredible. So we're bringing it to the marketplace. March 5th, we're doing six to eight weeks of testing the market, you know, going out there and actually through Facebook ads, Instagram ads. And then after the eight weeks is up, then we're going to be launching uh, the product on uh, Indiegogo, a crowdfunding uh, platform. So you'll be able to, if you wanted to, you could pre-buy the bar and we're going to be offering huge discounts to it. But we're, we're very excited. Uh, companies have already been reaching out to me, which to me is exciting because here, you know, um, although maybe I didn't invent this landmine workout, I've made something better. It's lighter. It's, it's um, frictionless. It's sleeker, sexier. You know, you can travel with it. I was just you in Antigua. Them. You missed the most important part. <laughs> it doesn't ruin your walls. <laughs> it doesn't ruin. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I've met a lot of people around the U.S. And I've, I would go into the gyms and I see the bars jammed into a corner. And a lot of times they'll put like two by fours to kind of build up the corner, you know, to where it doesn't chew up the, the corner of the, you know, the plaster and the walls. And I'm like, this looks really sad. You know, it just looks really bad. There's so much you can do with it. You know, I just brought it. I was in Antigua for a weekend, uh, two weeks ago. I did this amazing workout on the beach. It's just that it's, it's that versatile to where, you know, you just, you know, we have a carrying case and, um, and I did this amazing workout as the sun was setting. I'm on the beach and just training on the beach. It was just like, well, how cool is this? You know, but you can do it in your living room. Um, during the summer, I take it outside, you know, and actually this, this winter I've been training outside too, cause I'd like the cold exposure, you know, <laughs> so. that's the Antarctic in you still. <laughs> uh, no, well, I, you know, I do, I have this morning routine where I pray, I meditate, I journal, you know, I do the hot, cold showers. I do, you know, the cold, cold method, you know, the cold showers, and it's just my way of kind of getting ready to take on the day, you know, the quiet time, you know, I think we need that, you know, just kind of maybe it's uh, I've become more spiritual as I, you know, put myself out there more. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but it's, it's, it's my way of uh, praying, you know, it's my way. And I, and I'll be honest with you. Um, doesn't matter if, if you believe in God or not, but I believe he put this product in my heart because my purpose is to inspire everybody I meet to live their best lives, right? And how do I do that? One way is through health and fitness, right? It, to me, it's so important. It, it allows me to do everything that I want to do in life. And if I'm sick, how can I go out and do these amazing things? You just, you can't. So um, that's why this product, you know, company, a uh, company in Japan recently, a couple of weeks ago, they reached out to me and they have offices in Mexico and they're like, Hey, 
you know, you got a great product here. We'd like to be the exclusive in selling your product in Japan and Latin America. And I see wow. this product, you know, you know, the TRX, you probably have some in your gym, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. And I was in Antigua and they had a beautiful gym down there, but I, you know, I did a workout there. I did a stretch and whatnot, but then I did my workout on the beach, but they had a whole TRX system set up. And I'm like, if this guy here, I think his name is Randy Heatrick. That's his name, I believe. Um, and he was a SEAL, you know. Uh, he started in 2006 or 2007. His, his product is global. And I'm like, my, my product can be global too. And I see it in the UK, North America, South America, Australia. You know, I've been talking to people in Singapore, uh, somebody just, like I said, Japan. And, you know, we're going to go global. And that's kind of like this big dream of mine to build a global product and change lives globally, you know? So that's kind of one of the big missions that I have in my life. I, I love it. I mean, especially with TRX, I mean, he created that with ropes. He just was using ropes to hit it because they were stuck. They were bunkered down for days as a Navy SEAL in these places and they needed to keep limber. So he just grabbed the ropes they had and started doing exercises with it. So oh, I, I, yeah, I think they're awesome. I'm going out in September to do a crucible with the seals. Oh um, man! California. <laughs> yeah. So I need to. I, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> now I, I need to get my head right for Everest. So, <laughs> so, um, so, but it's just you know another way to scare myself, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Tom, I love it. I mean, you got so much passion, so much purpose you took your life and just completely turned it around and that's that truly in and of itself is just inspirational and you invented a product that yes it's literally like i love what you said the landmine is kind of like the jurassic park version where this is well, so much is. more elegant and so much more useful and versatile and i love it i think you you could take this and do what trx did where now you start, you have a product you can pitch to trainers, you have a product you can pitch to classes, then you can actually do certifications on the products and they have an educational component to it and kind of petition yourself around moving your body in motion. It's one of the reasons I love uh, kettlebells as opposed to dumbbells. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't know this, is that kettlebells are weighted off on purpose. So there's more weight on one side of it exactly. than the other because it creates this like unbalanced movement, which just makes them so much harder. Exactly. Your environment isn't balanced. You're hiking exactly. up mountains. You're moving around data. You're walking to your car. How many people roll their ankles just by stepping off the curb the wrong way? Like these exactly. little things. You're not, things aren't perfectly balanced in the world. Why would you train that way? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. And that's uh, one of the things when you break our bar in two – it becomes a mace, you know, with the ball on one end. And it's, we do these mace flows. I don't know if you know about flow, getting into flow. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, kind like of like, getting into the, yeah, you know, kind of like getting in the zone, a runner's high or whatever, and you can get into flow, but it's offset. The weight is offset. So you're doing all these work workouts uh, with something that isn't balanced, but it helps you to balance the product. So, um, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's how I see it. And, you know, um, it's my way of uh, stretching myself and learning myself, but touching millions and millions of lives, you know, uh, around the globe. 
And, you know, and then there is a bigger purpose beyond that, too, because I want to help save the planet, you know, and I need the resources, you know. Uh, I like to say that, uh, you know, what is the biggest natural resource that we squander? Do you know what that is? Oxygen is, I guess. No, our health. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, but but that's that. That's my term. You know, yeah. but people we squander our health ruthlessly, ruthlessly. I mean, you just look at we're the richest country in the world, we're the sickest country, right? Why is that? Why is that? You know, we're 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 lazy. You know, so we need to just get out there and move. Whatever that is, you don't have to do my product or or your gym or whatever, but you get out there and move. Take care of your body. You know, and that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. Right. That's why we're on this podcast. You know, you're disseminating information, you know, and it's great. I just think, you know, this kind of platform is is great. It's great for you. This is such a pleasure to be talking to you about what we're doing. Right. We're trying to change people's lives for the better. You know, I want to do it on a global scale. And that, you know, that this product came to me, but I needed to make the product better, you know, more useful. and uh, bring in all these different modalities of training into one physical product and make it fun, sleek, sexy, all these different, you know, the different colors and you can order your own color, whatever it is, you know, if it's what, what type, I need to know what type of green you want, you know, I'm sure you have a certain green, you know, neon green, like, neon green, yeah. neon green, man, that like <laughs> limey, like yellowish green. Yeah, when yeah. you come to my gym, you'll know, instantly <laughs> yeah yeah perfect perfect you know so that's you know that's one of the ways that i want to do it but i want to get back to uh having the resources to save the oceans because once i'm done with the seven summits and skiing to the north and south poles i want to dive the deepest so the, go to the deepest depth of each of the five oceans so um, you just hit my biggest fear <laughs> boom right there <laughs> oh really what's that what uh diving just water. Oh, I love the water. Yeah. I just, something about, I think it's the claustrophobia, something mm -hmm. about being held underwater. It's just, mm. oof. I can, yeah. I have no problem with heights. I like, I love, I, I could be on the tippy top point, like with no barriers, pro no problem. The second you put me underwater, even if it's a pool. Yeah. See, I'm afraid of heights. I'm definitely afraid of heights. And you hike summits. Yeah, I fly jets, helicopters. <laughs> You're literally only in the air. Yeah, you know, so um, for me, on the climb, going up is, I mean, it's hard, but coming down is the hard part, coming down, because then you feel exposed because you can see all this open air and everything in front of you. And we have a saying, too, on the mountain that uh, – the summit is optional. Getting down is mandatory. And that's where you see a lot of the deaths. You know, people expend all their energy, everything they do to get to the summit. But now you got to get back down. I and heard that's these the people. biggest. I was actually watching a documentary on Everest, and that's what kills the most people. That's what kills the most people. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. You know, so don't, uh, you know, turn around. The mountain will always be there. You know, you know what I'm saying? It'll always, I mean, it's going to last longer than we are. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I, I love it, Tom. Thank you so much. And just, let, we're going to start wrapping this up. So yeah. in conclusion, what is 
one take-home advice you want to leave with our audience? What's that take-home message from all of this? Wrap this up for us. We only have one life, right? There's no do-overs. There's no, um, well, the next life I'm going to try something different. Um, we only have one life. Treat it with respect and love. And if you do have a fear that you or a struggle that you're going through, reach out to somebody. You know, if you want to build a business, just pick up the phone, start asking. If you're going through a struggle, pick up the phone, ask for help. It's okay. I ask for help all the time. You know, um, so that's it. You know, um, take care. This is the most important thing, meaning your health, your wellness, your body. Okay. I see people lately who through one form or another, whether it's through uh, cancer or some sort of illness or, you know, uh, and they have regrets at the end of their life. Don't have any regrets, you know, go out and push your limits. Um, you can do it. If, if I can do it, trust me, anybody can, you know, I've been, like I said, in and out of jail. I've been and thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Health and Fitness Redefined. Don't forget, subscribe to our show and join us next week as we dive deeper into this ever-changing field. And remember, fitness is a journey, not a destination. Until next time, guys. For us, we know what it's like to feel unhealthy, depressed, and downright defeated. We want to show others there is a right way. And through fitness, you could do anything you set your mind to. Fitness can give you that motivation, confidence, energy you need to bridge that mental gap and prevent you from missing important life events. We understand it's about feeling better, living longer, and being good examples for our kids. We understand this because we live it. And for us, that's the redefined difference.